0: Hey, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the High Impact Man podcast. And this week, you're going to hear about a man named Jeff Wilhelm. He goes by Flo. He's from down in the St. Louis, Missouri area, and he just shares, you know, stories of struggles through childhood, um, you know, struggles with his father, kind of a you know abusive home, um, and then really gets into you know his struggles with drug addiction, uh, alcohol. But the good story uh, comes along at the end when he um, gets his life right. Finds God, gets involved in F3, and he is a fire starter. And he's going to talk about being a fire starter in his region, and uh, the St. Louis region is on fire. It's growing like crazy, and a lot of it is because of Flo and uh, the inspiration that he's uh, that they bring into that region and to the men that are involved there. So sit back and enjoy this story from Flo. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast, high impact men from across the nation, sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope.
1: Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less.
0: To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs.
2: All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Uh, my name is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host, known as D-Fib to my F3 brothers in the gloom. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, known as Dial-Up in the gloom. And uh, we're on a we're on a marathon here. This is May the 1st, and we're recording three episodes this evening uh, because Dial-Up's going away for a couple weeks. We've got to have a few in the queue. So Dial-Up, you are going to hold up here? We're on number two. I think so. Yeah, we'll be good. I don't know if I'm going to hold up. I might fall asleep on you on the next
0: one, but <laughs> I'll smack you around a little
2: bit. <laughs> I may need it. Yeah, because yeah.
0: this one. Well, let's see. We uh, this will air May 22nd. May right? 22nd. Yeah, yeah. So, so we got ourselves out out a little ways into the future at this point.
2: We do, we do, we do. So the the episode that aired last week, I thought was really amazing. Right, a guy from our area who's involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes talking about men and boys today and coaching and you know just leadership stuff, and it was great. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, every episode. Has its own uh, unique flavor, and every guy out there, you know, is can benefit from uh, from hearing these men's stories. Uh, today's guest is Sam Isa, otherwise known as Toucan in the Gloom, and uh, he's going to come on and share his story. I'll tell you up front, he was uh, uh, referred to us by Nomad. I think it's the third guy, at least two, if not the third guy, that Nomad is yep. recommended recommended to agree, us. Definitely three, yeah. Um, but, uh, as you're going to find out, Toucan kind of dropped the bombshell on us right before we went on the air and we're, we're going to go forward with this anyway, and you're going to hear his story. So, uh, hang in there. It's going to be like a circle of trust, uh, kind of thing, but, uh, but he's, uh, said he's willing to open up about this stuff and, and we, we prayed about it and, uh, and we think that, uh, you know, there's men out there that probably need to hear this. So, uh, before we get into that, dial up and I, so Toucan, dial up and I have to, have to always guess how our, how our guests got their F3 name. So before Toucan, I bring in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Dial-up, What do you think, Toucan?
0: I'm going to guess. Well, I know what he does for a living. See, my initial guess would have been like he works for. Yeah. Uh, Kellogg's. Right. And then his name's Sam. So we would have went with Toucan Sam and just right. Toucan, right? Yeah. Right. some people are like, "What the heck's he talking about? The Fruit Loops." Toucan bird, Sam. Right? Yeah. Right. He was Fruit Loops. I, right. think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so yeah, Fruit Loops. So toucan. I, I'm I'm gonna guess that he's got pet birds. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> he's got That's a toucan. A good one.
2: It's it's not as he doesn't like a huge a huge nose. We're looking at him. You guys can't see him, but toucan's got a nice looking <laughs> nose. So That's it's funny. not his nose. That's
0: funny because there was a kid. <laughs> there's a kid that graduated a couple years ago from Danville. They like, called toucan. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but uh, anyway, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I don't think he probably he probably likes Fruit Loops. What's your guess? He, he likes just, Fruit. Oh, loops. He just likes Fruit Loops. Yeah. All
0: right. All right, Toucan. How'd you get your name? Oh, wait wait, 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 wait. He had Fruit Loops for breakfast the day of his first workout, and he Merlot the, the Fruit Loops. Yeah. yeah, no.
1: Wow, man, you guys are so far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I showed up. At, I showed up at my first beatdown, and I'm ready to tell people what I do. And I went to LSU, and I wanted this cool LSU name, uh-huh. and I said. Hey, my name is Sam, and I
3: got goes toucan. Toucan Sam. Oh, how finish. did we not know that? boring.
2: He didn't say anything else. We were done. <laughs> His name is Sam. You even said toucan Sam. His name is Sam. How did we not get I was, that? I was close. You were close. <laughs> you were close. Oh Lordy, <laughs> Lordy! All right. Well, toucan. Welcome to the podcast.
0: We gotta quit what? trying to think <laughs> about our th- names too much.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're that's more that's why we struggle so much. We yeah. just like
0: we we try and think about it, make it fit too much. Yeah. All right got to simplify that.
2: Yeah. Welcome to Kiss. the podcast, Toucan. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, so tell us, so every, all the F3 guys like to know, how'd you get involved with F3? Uh, who we aged you, you know, how long you've been doing it? Yeah.
1: So I, um, back in, um, 2015, uh, I left work for a little while. I was struggling with some things in life, um, related to some unhealthy behaviors. And, uh, when I came back, um, a guy named Band Aid uh, down here who works with me at uh, at Cigna said, Hey, you got to come work out with us. I weighed about 250 pounds at the time. And I said, "And I can't come out there and do all that. This guy persistently uh, tried to headlock me for a year and a half. And I said, I'm still not, not in shape. And he said, Do you get drunk before you go to a bar? Do you try to become a good Christian before you go to church? And when he said that, I was like, Okay, I'm in. And so I showed up June 24th of 2020, 21, and I'm coming up on my second year of uh, being an F3.
2: Well, I can tell you, looking cool. at you on the screen there, you do not look anywhere near 250. What do you weigh now? I'm uh, 232. Oh, okay. You look thinner than that. The TV's thinning for you.
1: I got one of those cameras that makes me look uh, like I'm in good shape. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got to
0: get one of those. Or maybe he's 6'8". We just can't tell. He's sitting down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> How tall are you? <laughs>
2: Six foot two. All right. Well, well you're tall tonight. Yeah. And uh, you're a doctor, internal medicine physician, correct?
1: Yeah.
2: And, and you're working for sickness, so you work from home basically.
1: That's
2: it. All right. Were you doing that through COVID?
1: I did it through COVID, yeah. That's we some... were in the office prior to COVID, went to work from home, and we've not gone back yet.
2: All right. Yeah, I think that's a familiar story for a lot of people. I think that's bad in my own opinion, but because um, I think we need the interaction with other people. You know but yeah. uh, but hey you know and we just talked about it on, on last week's podcast um, trying to impact men and, and our guest uh, bill he was uh, he talked about how when he was a, a a teenager in high school we attended a church or how some men reached out to him to, because his father had his he and his his mother and, and his father split up and his father was out of his life and he needed that those men to come into his life that wouldn't happen if he wasn't there physically right. with those guys yep. right so anyway Uh, yeah, we need those relationships as as we know. All right. Well, Toucan, tell us, tell us uh, what life was like growing up for you. What was life for a little Toucan? Well, my story's a little different.
1: Um, as you can see, and the folks that are listening can't see, but my skin is, is brown. And, um, and growing up, I really wasn't white enough for my white friends. I wasn't dark enough for my black friends. And, um, I really tried to just fit in with whatever group I was in. Um, mm-hmm. I was born in Michigan. My parents grew up in Egypt. They came here to get their accounting degrees, oh. and they were going to go back to Egypt to be accountants. And at age three, they discovered I was diabetic, and they were told they would not be able to get insulin overseas and that if I went overseas, I would die. Wow! So my parents never went back to Egypt. They stayed um, here. My dad got offered to teach accounting at LSU, and that's where I grew up. I uh, grew up in an abusive home. Dad was physically abusive to me, mm-hmm. my mom, my sister. Uh, kids were bullying me because I didn't look like the blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid. Wow. And uh, I really grew up, um, grew up in a time where I never really felt like I was enough, never trusted people. And I, I created my identity through school. I just, you know, if I could make A's and everything, at least somebody would say, hey, man, you're good at something. Um, so childhood was a little bit treacherous. My parents got divorced at 15, uh, went to live with my mom and then eventually, um, went on to college and then to medical school.
2: Wow. Um, I, that, that's, that's fascinating. I, um, I'm sorry you had to go through that with your dad, but, uh, is that, I hate, I hate to, I hate to say this because I don't want to seem like I'm picking on a, a culture, but is... Is the Middle Eastern man is that is that that's more of a male dominated type culture is it isn't it?
1: It is interestingly though. My my mom's brother is as kind and as giving and yeah. as good to his wife as you would believe. But it is a male dominant country. Uh, my dad was a, was a Muslim and I had no opposition to that. But quite frankly, as he was trying to teach me about Islam, he was telling me that Sam, there's a scale. All right. And God counts how many good things you do and how many bad things you do. And at the end, if you want to go to what he calls paradise, you have to have done more good deeds in your life than you did bad deeds. Well, hell, by high school, I'd done so many bad things and was living a life of sin. I thought, there's no way I'm ever going to get to paradise. Mm. So I really spent you know, the majority of the rest of my life just going, you know what? I'm not going to believe in, in that God that he was teaching me about. Mm. And quite frankly, I'm just not going to believe in any God. So God, to me, his name was Sam. And yeah. I can tell you, that didn't work well.
2: Yeah, it never does when we're our, our own yeah. God, does it? So you, did you became a Christian? I became a Christian um, seven years ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations, man. Thank you. So at age 49. 49. Yeah, how'd that happen? Well, um,
1: just to back up a little bit, um, in addition to being, you know, teased by kids in school, um, girls didn't pay much attention to me either. Um, and then when I got out of medical school, I had these two letters behind my name <laughs> that um, that all of a sudden seemed to uh, make me feel like I was all of a sudden wanted. And in yeah. hindsight, I realized these girls were not interested in me. They were interested in, in something they thought I could provide. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time in my life that I ever felt like I was wanted and um, and at times, even felt loved, even though it wasn't real love, and um, that became a problem for me in my life, both with pornography and with um, sexual sin and mm-hmm. sexual promiscuity. And in at age forty nine, um, I told my wife I was going to um, run a half marathon, which in it in and of itself was funny at two hundred fifty pounds but I was going to go to North Carolina to run a half marathon when in fact I was going to meet a, um, another woman. Mm -hmm. And um, that woman sent me a text that was not healthy. And um, I had just switched from an Android to an iPhone. And I didn't know that messages could go from device to device. So her text messages were going to my wife's iPad. So, I um, was discovered, and I left for um, five months and went to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to a uh, sex rehab facility, and that's where I met God. I was there for two months, got a break, and came home to Birmingham, and um, I had decided for the first time that I was going to end my life. Hmm. And I left the house that morning at seven o'clock and my wife said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to a church. And she said, a church, you don't go to church. And I said, and she's a Christian. Um, but I left and I drove to two or three churches. None of them had services at seven thirty. The first church I came to that had a service, I walked in and I heard a message guys that I, I thought was spoken directly to me so much that I went home got my wife, and we went back to this church. I said, you've got to listen to what this pastor says. And afterwards, he said, and anybody who wants prayer can come to the front. And I said, let's go up to the front. And this 25-year-old kid said, how can I pray for you? And it's like, listen, I don't know. I don't know what y'all do with this church stuff, but I, I had no idea. And that's all I left it at. Dfib dial-up, this kid began to pray for me and my wife. And he began to reveal details of things I had been doing in my sinful life. Wow. So much that when we walked off, my wife said, how do you know that guy? Mm. I said, I don't. I've never seen him in my life. And I've never seen him again. I've looked for him in that church for seven years. I've never seen him again. I came home. I went upstairs to the bedroom and I got on my knees and I went, this Jesus, whomever you are, is real. Now, having been diabetic since I was three years old, I had had 10, 15 surgeries on my eyes. And with the last surgery, there was this oil goblet in the center of my vision. And the surgeon said, I'm not going to be able to remove it. It's so tiny, but because it's in your eye, you think it's big. And as I leaned down and prayed and said, I give my life to God, the oil goblet disappeared. And at that moment, I knew that God was real. I've never turned back. I went and bought a Bible. I went to a literally a Christianity 101 for dummies class at this church. I didn't know what the letters in red were, and I've been reading it front to back, and I've never turned back since.
2: Wow. Wow. So you don't know who that guy was. Was he real? Was was he an angel? You know, who knows? Yeah. The guy shows up, prophetic about your life, kind of like the woman at the well kind of story.
0: That's amazing. This is like second time, like second time in the last three weeks, man, like casket and the, right. The evangelist that, that spoke to him and like stopped a prayer and said, God's speaking to me right now. I have yeah. a sense. You guys want to go into ministry and then hearing this, like,
2: yeah, well he had, you know, wow. the encounter he and his wife had with this guy, but then uh, it, this healing he had. Yeah.
0: Like all of that. Wow. Woo.
2: All right. That's amazing too, Ken. So, yeah, it's Jesus is real, man. Yeah, so it's a different yeah. different kind of God than Allah, right? I mean, I not I don't want to speak about the Muslim faith because I don't know it that well, but I know that it, it, it ain't the, the same thing. And I, I well, think any Muslim... It
1: doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter to me to know that that he would kill his own son. How in the world could he never love me? If he was going to go through that, it wasn't so that he could hate a wretch like me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I heard a pastor this weekend, an F3 guy invited me to go to his church. Never thought I'd connect with men ever. Um, I went there and the guy talked about how Saul became Paul. And the phrase he used was using his past as a platform. Yeah. And that's what I feel like when you guys said, are you comfortable talking about what you went through? I'm using my past as a platform that if even one sad clown can hear what I have to say today and can know is, is struggling with is God real or is God not? Why is he not always there? Why do bad good things happen to bad people? I'm just here to tell you as my own experience, there's nothing else in this world that I trust and love as much as him.
2: Wow. That's a great message, man. So you, um, how, how did you meet your wife?
1: We were, uh, she's a dentist and, um, I was, um, was rounding at the vet, the VA hospital in Birmingham, and we had a really sad case of a guy that had a head and neck cancer who needed radiation therapy. Mm-hmm. He had to have all his teeth removed before his his radiation therapy. So we consulted the oral surgery service. She was rotating on oral surgery, and um, and so we met there at the VA, and I thought she was cute, but didn't really pursue much. And then the next time I saw her, we were walking in the emergency working in the emergency room, and I was moonlighting. And she had worked the night before and the guy was like, go oh, sew up that leg. She's like, I'm a dentist. I'm not a surgeon. <laughs> and so somebody said, well, you're here again tonight. Go hang out with Issa. He's, um, you know, he's, he's a good teacher. So the very first case I walked into was a, a homeless guy with scabies. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, Hey doc, go take room three. And she was so pissed at me that I sent her in there for the scabies case. And yet, <laughs> She, she still married me. She was engaged at the time. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I called her two weeks later, and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And she said, yeah. And I said, didn't know if you wanted to go to lunch. Hey, I was highfalutin back then, brother. I said, I'd like to take you to a place called Schlotzky's. Y'all heard of that place? No. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like a subway. It's like a sandwich place. Okay. I, don't know. <laughs> like I like say Schlotzky's. And she said, um, I don't know that I'll be able to do that. And I said, oh, you busy? She goes, no, I'm I'm making lunch for my fiance. And I went, okay, <laughs> have a good day. Talk uh-huh. to you later.
2: Oh, goodness. But you ended up marrying her
1: anyway. Absolutely. She ended up marrying me anyway, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, how old were you when you got married? Uh, 30, we got a 27th anniversary, uh, Twenty nine.
2: Okay, so you're twenty 29, and so when you were forty nine, you you almost had an affair with a woman in the Carolinas, right? That's correct. But you didn't have an affair up till then.
1: No, I had had oh, yeah. I had been doing okay. things before that. Yeah, this was just going to be the next okay. the next fix in my life that I thought was giving me relief of my pain. All
2: right, and so as far as F three is concerned, you went down, you left. Uh, where you were and you went down to Destin, Florida, right?
1: Yeah, we moved down to Destin when COVID hit. Uh, since I could work from home, we uh, bought a house down in uh, the Destin 38 area uh, back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And we decided we would just move down there. Uh, so I've been down there since COVID. So really March of 2020. Uh, so it's been three years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just... Found a couple of guys and said, hey, do y'all want to work out? The next thing you know, we called it F3. And then there were people traveling downrange all the time that were doing F3. Mm-hmm. And so I was just coordinating people that were coming downrange through the F3 Nation site. Yeah. Uh, if anybody was there saying what's going on in 30A, there's no flag, but I'll meet you anywhere. Anywhere along the coast, I'll be there.
2: Nice. Yeah, this is a, um, you remember Bruce? Um, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He lives down there.
0: <clears throat> he So he, he, he showed up at, at he, uh, F3 in Destin. Yeah, I was going to yeah, he went there at least once or twice. Yeah. I think he maybe he came his first time. We gave him a name, right? I think so. Pretty sure his first time with F3 was with us, and we gave him a name. And then, um, yeah, Professor got him hooked up with the F3 group down in Destin, I believe. Right. So, is that his name? Professor? No, that's no, his son in law
2: F3 name. I don't know his F3 name. Boy, I'm trying to remember. What I wasn't he named there when he showed up. He sh- I know he yeah. showed up in blue jeans, but I wasn't there.
0: In- <laughs> he wasn't blue jeans yet. Um, I'll, I'll I'll track down his name and I'll give it to you at the end once we're done recording. Yeah, the it's-
1: most unique thing about being in Destin and now being the Nantan there is the number of people I have met from all over the country. Right. I've met 88 the Nantan or the West Sector Q. I've met GMO, who's right. part of your you know senior staff. He has a place near us. I've met Nomad, the Nantam, Northwest Arkansas, Frozone from St. Louis, Mm -hmm. uh, guys from the Carolinas. I've met people from all over the country. It is so cool to see how COTs are different from region to region and how the exercises are a little different.
3: And
1: every time a new guy comes, I'm like, next we're going to do the the seal jump, happy jack something. I'm like, what the (laughs) heck is that? I thought I read the whole lexicon book. (laughs)
0: It's yeah,
2: awesome. yeah 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 yeah. It, it, it's really neat to find new exercises but the culture is the same you know I, we could post downrange anywhere and it's like you know you have this immediate bond with the guys because same culture same tribe all right Here. yeah well dial-up's looking up his f3 name but uh we'll find out yeah, what, we'll track it down then bruce's name is all right so you plant the shovel flag there and you're the nantan and destin and uh but and and nomad uh suggested you come on the podcast, but then re- when we uh, got on the call with you before we started recording, you you, you told us that you're um, that you're in a dark place right now, and but you were willing to, to share this with the with the people out there. So go ahead and you could tell us. Yeah, you know,
1: given the um, the bad choices that I made um, in my life and the betrayal that I uh, put my wife through, um, when I came back from from Hattiesburg, um, she decided to stay with me, but she became very far from God, mad Mm. at God, wondering why she had taken such great care of me all these years. And yet I was never present. And so um, after seven years, a couple of uh, Tuesdays ago, uh, she told me she was tired. Mm. Uh, She said, I'm so glad you've changed. I see the change. You become a good man. You are giving. You are, you've really changed your life. But I, I can't do this anymore. All I can do is picture you with another woman. And she said, and I, I'm just, I'm exhausted.
3: Mm.
1: I feel like we have everything and yet I have nothing. And um, she said, I, I, I need you to leave and give me some space. Uh, so I left Florida that day and go back to Birmingham. Um, for the second time in my life in seven years, I had decided I was going to take my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to make sure she was taken care of, but I didn't want it to be a suicide. So I was trying to figure out how I could die without it looking like a suicide so that she wouldn't feel like she didn't have money and she could get my life insurance policy. I'm on an insulin pump. So I'd already decided, you know, how many units I was going to take. And um, and I was just going to go to bed and um, figured no autopsy would be able to find. They weren't going to find drugs or anything. I wasn't going to leave a note. Um, and I could not stop thinking about the way I was going to do it. And I, I didn't want to kill myself, but the thoughts wouldn't go away. And the enemy just kept saying, hit the buttons, hit the buttons, hit the buttons. And guys, I got scared. And so I began to pick up the phone. And the guys that I talked to were all in F3. Mm. They weren't from Hattiesburg. They weren't in my 12-step meetings that I go to. They were all F3 guys. And um, talked me off the ledge. And um, since then, and the love, the reaching out, and nobody has said, oh, Sam, what you did was, oh, it's okay, you're better. No, it wasn't okay. Uh, and 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 my service to this world will be to God and to making sure my wife is taken care of, whether we stay together or not. But the F3 family, um, when people say it's not just a workout, mm-hmm. um, it's why I got in it, but it's not why I'm still coming
2: Wow. So now in Hattiesburg, um, so your, your F3, your shield lock, your guys you're talking about are down in Florida. Uh, is there anybody in Hattiesburg? Is there an F3 group you could connect with there while you're there?
1: Um, you know, Hattiesburg is where I went for my, uh, you know. Oh, excuse my, me. It's Birmingham. Therapy. I meant to say Birmingham. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, Birmingham. Uh, you know, it's a this, this is a big region, and um, there are guys. I've got four or five guys that I can really lean on and on Saturday I decided to share what I shared with all there Mm -hmm. and um it's pretty incredible. People in the circle don't talk. It was toucan, I'm sorry for what you're going through. One guy, hey toucan, I can relate, walk off real quick, and then we go to cafeteria, just a regular cafeteria, and then that day I got two or three phone calls, hey toucan. I want you to know I'm struggling with the same thing. Mm. I've not been faithful to my wife. I don't know what to do. Hey, Toucan, my wife separated from me. I left for six months and went and stayed in a holiday inn. Hey, Toucan, I mean, the stories and the, you know, it's still hard to be vulnerable in a group of guys. Right. I've been there for two years now, and I feel like I can trust folks. And even if I can't, if somebody hears a story and I can help them, so I can use my past as a platform, brother, I'm all for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's a message that um, that guys need to hear because there are going to be people listening to this that are, are in the same boat. That's right. And uh, and you know we have to having that shield lock that group of guys that you're really tight with. Uh, you're right in a circle of trust. There might be as many as 18, 20 people there or whatever. Um, it's it's a little bit more difficult to get intimate and talk about that stuff. And uh, but but when you have that the shield lock, but just sharing your story. A lot of other guys to open up. Um, and that's, this is powerful stuff, man. So you, so you're off the ledge as far as, as far as taking your life, right?
1: I'm not going anywhere, brother, until God calls me. All right. <laughs> that's my All point. right. Thank
2: you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, my, we just met on this zoom call, uh, and, uh, and I, and I, I feel for you, man, but we don't have that that history together. But, uh, but there's a whole, everybody that listens to this is going to be praying for you, man. Um, Thank you. we need to, you know, we all need to come together over these things. Uh, this is real life, right? This is real life.
0: Yeah. That's what I said. You know, as we debated on whether we continue in, when, when two can share the news, I'm like, yeah, I, I felt, yeah, we got to have one because life, life's not perfect. Life's not all sunshine and daisies, you know, uh, it's real. And that's what we're, that's what F3 is about Mm -hmm. is having a group of guys that you can gather together with, um, you know, in the circle of trust or other times and just uh, expose the, the ugliness that's in our lives and uh, support each other, encourage each other, help us, help us through that. Yeah. And like, I think the important thing that, that I took is that the guys didn't say, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Right. It's like, dude, you know, they were honest with you, right? You know, what you did was wrong. You screwed up, but support and encourage you, but however bad it was, there's, there's a path forward. might not know how it's all going to turn out where it's going to go, but let's, let's, let's get through this. How can I help you? Let's, let's get through this together. Uh, Let's lock arms and let's, let's Mm -hmm. march forward. Um, And so, you know,
1: dial up the problem with me is, and and maybe for other men is that we do things in life that we're not proud of. Uh, We probably do them every day. And yet, we confess, and God forgives us. And and my understanding, and I haven't finished the Bible yet, is that he forgets about it. But I don't forget about it. Yeah. I, I remind myself right. of what a crappy man I was. Yeah. And um, my mom, who is a Muslim, said, I believe in God, but I don't really understand why you all have to believe in Jesus. You know, She said, Muslims don't believe that Jesus was crucified. I said, I understand. Why not? Because no God could be so mean to allow that to happen to somebody. God rose him before he was crucified because he's a good God. Mm. And I said, Mom, let me tell you a story. I have a friend who was in court. He raped three women, murdered 17 people, and um, was, you know, molesting children. He got to the court. The judge said, you're guilty. The jury said, life in prison without parole. And as they were about to handcuff him and take him back to prison, this guy walks in the back and says, stop, your honor. I'll go to jail for him. I'll pay for his sin. That's what Jesus did for us. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe in him.
2: Yeah. That's a great message. And, you know, uh, this is, people don't understand grace, right? Because first we have to, we have to be willing to humble ourselves to say, there's not the, we cannot balance the scales. Yeah. You cannot balance the scales. There's one sin outweighs all the good, yeah. and uh, and we got a whole lot more there's, than one there's sin.
0: There's boulders on one side of the scale, and we try and put right. pebbles on them to balance things out. Right? And yeah. Not gonna. It's not gonna work.
2: Who are you um, gonna trust? The God that's uh, and and if I understand the Muslim faith, even if you balance, even if the scales tip in your favor, uh, the God they lot. believe says could still say forget it. Yeah. You know. So, uh, like I said, I'm not an expert in the Muslim faith, but um, yeah, only Jesus died for you. Oh man. So you, you were, uh, you've been faithful to your wife since when you were 49 and she discovered that. Yeah. It must be tough for her. I mean, you know, seven years and she's been, uh, you know, you just only pray that her heart comes around and, and, uh, and you guys can reconcile because what's disturbing is, is not only that, you know, your relationship is, is uh, separated right now, but the fact that she, as you described, sort of not uh, walking with God, she's sort of angry at him. And, uh, but yeah. God, God can heal hearts, man. Um, that's all about, I mean, we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about grace, right? God can heal that's those hearts. That's
1: what I pray for every day. I haven't prayed for us to stay together. I want to stay together. Yeah. I pray for her to just be saved and know God. Because the reason I have not been unfaithful again, and the reason I don't look at computer images and what have you, is that I finally feel loved by God I finally feel worthy I finally feel like I am enough and so I haven't had to go find things that are false to make me feel valuable and um, as long as I'm connected to him um, I'm in a good place I just pray for that for her I want her to feel loved and if she can feel it from God great and if she finds it from another man that would be wonderful Um, you know it's been a long time since she's had any physical intimacy um, she's not, she doesn't want to be with me. She's so disgusted by those visions Right. and I want her to be happy. She's 53. I mean, she deserves to have a life and she's got plenty of years left in front of her. Mm-hmm. I hope it's with me, but that's not been my prayer. My prayer is for
2: her to be saved. Yeah. Amen, brother. Uh, do you have any children? No kids. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Well, that certainly makes things a little bit easier. At least that would be really hard it, on the kids. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, well, you're still posting in Birmingham and working out with those guys. I am. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Saturday we have a new Sunday one now for the guys that go. It's too early, so we've got a Sunday one. So went to the Sunday uh, beatdown, and I'm going uh, going again in the morning. And then I'm traveling to Phoenix, Arizona, on Wednesday by car. I'm going to post in Oklahoma City. I'm going to post everywhere I can on the way. (laughs) That's
2: cool. Nice. Is that on Route 66?
1: Uh, I'm going to probably take the interstate, but I'm going to get on 66 at some point just to say I was there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, The Sunday beatdown, what what time is it?
1: Um, We do it at 3 o'clock. 3 in the afternoon. In Arizona, they did one at 5.30, and quite honestly, guys, when it gets to being up in the high nineties, I think they probably ought to move this one to a little later in the evening yeah. too because yeah. it's going to get hot. Yeah, yeah. We uh, had eighteen people there. Yes, no, we had eight people there. Eighteen the Sunday before. Um, so you know, a lot of guys. That's the Sabbath day for them. But for these guys that say it's too early uh, when they come, it's kind of neat because then they get bit and they start coming in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Yep. But and while you're away from Destin, you got so you got a guy running the show down there for you. Yeah, Sweet Easy
1: is, uh, is keeping the reins going. Uh, I was telling you guys earlier, I just got our um, – our uh, I had already made a, uh, a shovel flag um, with F30A on there, but we got a flag with the logo, a flag with our first T-shirt mm-hmm. design, uh, T-shirts. Today's the last day to order. Um, <laughs> What's today? May the 1st. So um, okay. we've got, I think, close to 50-something shirts ordered from people all over the country. Um and Sweet Easy's keeping it going. He came from F3 Tallahassee, mm-hmm. and uh, he's keeping it going until I can get back.
2: Sweet Easy. I like that name. That's pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. To yeah. Go. yeah. yeah. Right.
1: You yeah. don't want to guess where his name came from. <laughs> Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got you got to tell us now.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. So Sweet Easy's from New Orleans. Uh, okay. He's 29 years old. I think he's 30 now. He's a lawyer. And uh, so sweet easy, they call New Orleans the Big Easy. Yep. But when he got to the F three thing, he said, "Yeah, now, you know the ladies are kind of, ladies are kind of sweet on me." So they went with sweet and easy oh, and right, called it right, Sweet easy.
2: easy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, well, keep it going there, sweet. <laughs> That's right. He's he's humble on the how the ladies like. him. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> keep the region rolling, <laughs> brother. All right. Wow so you know we we need to we need to just be mindful of the fact that guys could be going through things like this you know relationships the people that you love the most or you're closest with obviously can hurt you the most and that's and that's that's really tough and man when the when those emotions start going your mind starts going all kinds of places and uh, and, and they're not good places a lot and so I'm really glad that you had guys to reach out to and you got came back from that from that edge. Don't let the, don't let the enemy lie to you, man. You know, don't, don't let the enemy lie to you. God still has work for you to do. I'm amazed that, you know, when you were, when you got diagnosed with diabetes, we used to call it juvenile diabetes back then. Right. And the life expectancy was like in the thirties, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was told I would be um, dead by 30 to 35. And then in my twenties, I was told I'd probably be dead by 50. Mm -hmm. And right now, you know, I've had an arteriogram. Heart's clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, no kidney disease. I'm just uh, trucking along.
0: Nice. You said a couple, a couple eye surgeries. Really, is the only but complications the that you've surgery, had yeah. from it.
1: Yeah. Yep, but I can still see. And um, you know, I'm just. I, I think about how tragedies occur in our lives, and I used to, I used to curse at, at God. I guess I was talking to God when I was younger, going, "Why'd you give me diabetes?" Why can't I eat cake like the rest of the kids? Why do I have to take all these shots? Yeah. I didn't fight in school. You know, I'm getting beat up and bullied. And I just don't understand. How could you? What kind of God are you? And I think about it now, guys. Not that being in Egypt would have been a bad thing. Had I gone, I would have died probably. But I just think about after 9 11, could I have gotten sucked into one of those bad groups of people? What? Uh-huh. I just. I just think about how he used my diabetes as a blessing to force my parents to stay here. Yeah. And, um, and today I'm thankful for it.
2: Wow. Especially that's a, since I I can live a normal lifespan. That's yeah. an interesting perspective, isn't it? It's is. it? yeah, a great perspective. Is, yeah. yeah. That's the glass half full perspective, man. Keep thinking that way. Glass is half full, brother. Eternal optimist. That's right. Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. Yeah, you got, you got gifts and talents that you still got to use here. Uh, wow. um, do you have any other questions for for Toucan at the moment? Not
0: at the moment. No. Um,
2: All right, I got I got one more question and then we'll get to the last two. You could think okay. of something but no, go ahead. um are there any exercises that you have to avoid uh, because of my diabetes? Well, yeah, diabetes or any other reason?
1: No. I um I, I don't particularly care for bear crawls. <laughs> 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 but Neither but do there's I. not an exercise there's not an exercise that I, I won't do. Um, I will tell you, my goal when I started was to be able to do 10 pull-ups. Uh, mm-hmm. I can only do four. Um, so I don't I can't do a bunch of pull-ups. Uh, but but everything else is, is
2: fair game. Do you guys have pull-ups on your beatdowns? Do you have a place to do that?
1: So at the beach, at, at our, our permanent AO, we've got three pull-ups, pull-up bars. So we've done MRFs. We do pull-ups uh, with some of the... Um, some of the doors and what have you. So, yeah, um, I wish they'd take
0: those things and throw them in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> we've, and we've got a PAX member or two that wants to put a set in at our AO, Yeah, right? yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, but the problem is, you know, if you get, even if you get eight guys at a, at a beatdown, you'd have to rotate through stations to use the pull-up bar. If you have one pull-up bar, only one guy could do it at a time. Most so. of our guys,
0: it wouldn't take long, though, because they could only do one or two. And <laughs> all right,
2: I'm done. <laughs>
1: well, if I had to do 10, it yeah, would be there Yeah, we do three stations. <laughs> three stations and that way we can rotate to the right. lifeguard station a guy on the pull-up button and sweet easy loves the pull-ups uh <laughs> but we'll usually do three stations and we got a lot of folks
0: yeah, loves right. the, pull-ups, the that's coolest right.
1: exercise ever that i've never seen before was a guy named hairspray who came from north carolina 69 years old the guy's a beast hairspray said we're going to do the coupon toss so you're in the sand you take your coupon you squat and you burst up and throw it as far as you can Yeah, run and grab it and toss it a hundred yards down the beach. Right. It's the coolest thing ever because you can't throw a coupon anywhere else. They'll break.
2: Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that we can't do that because they were, they'll come apart. Yeah. Yeah, Wow.
0: Yeah. The old coupon toss. All right. We need a sand pit at our, yeah, we need to get a sand pit. So we can do this. (laughs) You know, I did think of a question. I want to go back. So you, so you had, you had shared some of your struggles with pornography. Mm. Um, you know, and, and statistically, you know, we, we those type of topics are hard to talk about, right? And um, a couple months ago, you know, we we kind of got real in our circle of trust. And, you know, we talked about, you know, statistically as we looked around our circle, you know, there's a fair number of guys that struggle with pornography. And uh, D-Fib just point blanks, you know, ask like, hey, how many of you looked at pornography in the last year? How many in the past six months? How many in the past three months? Um, so any, anyway, so you, you shared some of your struggles with... Yeah, it's, it's something that's out there for a lot of guys. I'm just curious, um, you know, what, what have, what have you done to kind of help you with that, with that struggle? You know, what, what, you know, where, where would you point guys maybe that have that struggle? What, 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 what direction would you point them or where would you point them for resources, um, uh, or help or guidance in, in dealing with that, that addiction?
1: Yeah, probably, um, threefold. Uh, number one, um, it's thought that over 70% of kids by the age of 12 have looked at pornography. Yep, yeah. So um, it is very prevalent. Yep. Uh, the first thing I would do is number one is um, talk to somebody. You cannot beat this alone. Yep. You know, God says two are better than one because when one falls, the other is there to pick him up. I mean, there are stories over and over in the Bible about how you've got to do things with, with other men. So share with somebody that you're comfortable with. Number two, consider going to see a a therapist, somebody who specializes in that. They're called CSATs, Certified Sex Addiction Therapists. Um, They are unbelievable and they'll get down to the roots of why you got to a point where you thought looking at an image on a computer was going to help you feel better and uh, as a way to medicate. Um, because addictions to these things are no different than addictions to alcohol or drugs. They all result in the same mm-hmm. release of the same neurochemicals in the brain, yeah. whether it's gambling, food, exercise, sex, alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, you name it. So go see, go see a therapist. And if you can't afford that, because many people can't afford to go to a therapist, then I would strongly suggest you just get on your computer and search for, um, you know, sex addiction meetings. There are sex addicts anonymous, sexaholics anonymous, and you want to talk about a circle of trust. You're in a circle of trust with men who all struggle with the same thing, and you can get real in there, and you can get better.
2: Wow, great! That was yeah. great. Great question,
0: man. Good answer. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do have a few more questions. So um, you mentioned uh, uh, your relationship with your father. Did you have you ever, did you ever reconcile with your father? What Is he still alive? How's that going?
1: Yeah, he is. And um, I flew up to South Bend, Indiana in February of 2020, right when the first COVID cases were coming. And I flew up there to forgive him. And uh, not to forget, but to let go. um, Because like you guys heard before, holding on to resentments is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Right. (laughs) And, um, he was still controlling my life. And I went there and, um, I said, dad, I, um, he's 81 years old now. I said, I want you to know that I, um, that I'm putting our past behind us and I forgive you. And he said, forgive me for what? Mm-hmm. I went, dad, you, you, you beat your kids. You beat your wife. You, you were never present. The only thing that ever mattered to you was that, you know, academics was strong. I said, what do you mean, forgive you for what? He said, well, that wasn't my fault. I said, and I don't want to get overly graphic, but that the night that I remember is the day that he hit my sister with a fireplace tool. Mm. I said, what was that about? And he said, well, I was at LSU. And I presented my thesis and I didn't get my PhD, so I was just angry and I said, You know what? I'm sorry that I flew up here. It's just excuse after excuse. It's blame everybody else for your decisions. You're just a typical narcissist. I said, I'm sorry I'm here. I'm going back home. And I went upstairs to pack my things and find a flight. Two hours later he came upstairs crying and he said, I'm sorry.
3: Wow. You're
1: right. Um, I was wrong, and I'm sorry that I keep blaming things on other people. And then he began to share with me what his childhood was like, and how his father had treated him the way he had treated us, and it was a learned behavior. I mean, you asked earlier, is that a culture in Egypt? Uh, And it really created some sympathy for me um, over him, and um, uh, so yeah, I I was able to do that. Thank you for asking that question.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's that's an amazing story. It took him till eighty one years old to um to tell you about his past, and uh, wow. Well, that's that's another good message for the guys out there. I mean, there are a lot of guys out there with daddy wounds yeah. and issues, and had similar stories. And um, it's a really really hard conversation to have, but uh, I think that.
0: I'm not a therapist, but I
2: think it's something you got to do.
0: Yeah. We've, we've had some tough topics and some of the, probably the biggest topics that, that are out there for guys to struggle with. Right. Yes. Uh, divorce, uh, infidelity, pornography. Right. And broken relationships with their dads. Um, Definitely was meant to be to have this discussion tonight. Yeah, yeah. But once again, <laughs> sure. got the providence God, of God. That's what I said. God, God's got a plan for some reason. Um, you know, it, it's not the discussion we th- we thought we would have with you tonight, Toucan. Like leading into this, but this is what this is what God had planned, and uh, glad we're having it, and uh, glad it's gonna be out there for other men. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Now, Toucan, I'm gonna. You don't have to do this, but um, if some guy wanted to talk to you. How would he get a hold of you? Obviously, you could do it on Slack, right?
1: Yeah, you do it on the F3 Nation Slack, F3 Emerald Coast. Um, I'm happy to give my phone number. Um, if somebody wants to text me, my phone number is on the Slack channel. That's probably the easiest thing. Go on F3 um, yeah. to the F3 Nation and uh, just look up Toucan. I think I'm the only one there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the only Toucan Sam. All right. That's right. Yeah. So, any of you guys out there, listen. You are not alone. You may feel like you're alone. Um, the enemy is in your mind. Uh, God is real. Jesus died for your sins. He loves you. Uh, you're more valuable to him than you can imagine. Listen to what Toucan said. If you got to reach out to somebody, um, find somebody to reach out to, either in your shield lock, or you know, you could contact us at highimpactman.com, or you can... Uh, give good, give, give toucan a a, a shout out uh, or a call by looking them up on Slack, but don't don't sit there wallowing in the negative thoughts, man. That's it's only harmful to you, sure. and it doesn't have to be. All right, toucan, I got two questions for you. One is, um, if you were to pick somebody who you would say kind of inspired you, as your hero or whatever, it could be somebody from the distant past or now, or You know, somebody, you know, personally or somebody that, you you know, just were inspired by, who would that be?
1: Uh, He's not a famous person, but his name is George Karam. And uh, he was the dean of our medical school. Mm -hmm. And the day that I graduated from medical school, he gave an address and he said a lot of things, but he ended it with this. He said, if you forget. If you remember nothing else than what I'm telling you today, I want you to remember this. Your first name is not doctor. Mm. And um, it really humbled me um, because I think so many people in this profession, I don't want to speak for others. um, I know when I left the profession, I had this mindset of doctor, physician, like I didn't put my underwear on the same way everybody (laughs) else did. And it was just foolish but I'll never forget that phrase. Your first name is not Dr. Yeah. George Kim.
2: Wow. Made an impact. That's right. Yeah. First name is not Dr. Um, okay. Good answer. What? Uh, any answer is a good answer because it's your answer. But uh, last question. Uh, this is your chance to talk to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America?
1: My message for the men of America is probably just two words. be authentic. Mm-hmm. If you're hurting, talk to somebody. Um, if you're struggling with somebody with something, talk to somebody. Um, just be authentic, be real. Um, so many times I so many days of my life I show up to work with this smiley face and everything's great or even people that I've seen in church, you know, serving in the church, uh, serving, you know, faithfully, and then out at the park, in the parking lot, yelling at their wives. And, um, you know, just, a a, a guy asked a question at church two weeks ago. He said, are you the same person at work that you are at church? Mm -hmm. Like, wow.
2: Um,
1: So my message is just, be authentic and don't try to do things by yourself.
2: It does not work. Been there, done that. It yeah. Doesn't work. Find those valuable relationships, man. Good message. And don't stop until you do. Yeah, very good message. You. you know, I don't. We don't usually do this on the air, but I I want to pray for you on the air, and I want to pray for your wife. What's your wife's name? Tony. Tony. All right, um, Father, uh, we lift up uh, Sam and Tony to you, Lord. Uh, toucan and his M. Uh, you, know, you already know the outcome, Father, but we pray for reconciliation. Most of all, we pray for Tony to come to know you, Lord. Find the peace that comes from knowing you, the peace that passes all understanding. And we do pray for, for those two to, to get back together, mend their hearts, Lord. They can grow old together, loving each other as they love you. Uh, but no matter what you have in store for them, Father, I pray that uh, Toucan can continue to live life uh, serving you and that he never goes back to that dark place, uh, Father, that he found himself in once. And we thank you so much for the guys that were able to reach out to him and he and help him uh, through that. We pray for all the guys out there, Lord, who are dealing with these same issues, who don't have men. Uh, they, I pray, Lord, that you would help them. Help them uh, reach them, Lord. Touch their hearts. Uh, please reveal the truth to them. And the truth is that Jesus died for them, and he loves them. And uh, I just pray that uh, the world can can be uh, could benefit from wh- whoever listens to this episode today. Father, we pray that your will will be done as it goes forth, and we do it all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Toucan, thank you so much.
2: God bless you, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks for the courage thank of, you. of uh, going forward with this today. No, you're welcome. You're welcome.
0: appreciate you
1: guys.
2: Yeah. Dial up. That was a powerful one.
0: That was a good one. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I just offered personal thanks as well. Thanks for coming on and uh, being courageous and tackling the tough stuff. Yeah. And uh, and sharing and being vulnerable. So love you, man. You're and uh, you got some guys praying for you and, uh, and your M up here in central Pennsylvania. Yeah. Love, love it. Stay love, in touch it. And you. And love you, brother how this story works out you, man all right take, take care take care thank
2: brother.
0: you thank you for listening to this week's episode I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man more information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com if you like this podcast please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com that is him at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.